The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. If you're experiencing life, and we know you are, you may have a variety of questions about relationships, family issues, personal goals, coping with the unexpected, and much more. Today, you will hear some answers from a psychological perspective, and you may just take away something that fits. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Welcome to Psych Up Live. I'm your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips, and on this show, we will be turning up the psychological perspective on many life issues. As the former host of Psych Up on Casozo Radio, I joined with terrific guests who host 73 shows. This show is different because it includes you in the conversation. This is Psych Up Live. So I welcome you to listen in and call in with a question or comment at 1-866-472-5788. You know, in a world of nonstop airbrushed media images, social media clicks, direct and subliminal messages about romance, love, and how to find that perfect someone, the dating scene can be intimidating for everybody and everyone at all ages. For men and women who consider themselves shy, it can feel daunting. Today's show is going to focus on advice for those folks. Actually, you're going to find that the advice applies to most of us. The show is Love and Dating for Shy People, and our guest is someone who will draw from different experiences in his own life to offer tangible and valuable advice. Our guest is Cyrus Kirkpatrick, the author of lifestyle-related books, including Love and Dating for Shy People, Hard-Hitting Advice for Naturally Introverted Men and Women, How to Quit Your Job, Escape Soul-Crushing Work, create the life you want and live happy. A professional writer and lifestyle coach, Cyrus has explored and written on many different aspects of the dating scene. Expanding upon this theme, he also began a life of world travel in 2012 and subsequently began teaching others how to experience their own character-building adventures with an emphasis on personal growth, relationships, and redefining the objectives of success. Cyrus practices what he preaches. With a bachelor's degree from the University of Arizona Film School, he traveled to North Korea twice where he produced a documentary about his experiences in the Hermit Kingdom. He lives, writes, and works as a lifestyle coach in L.A. Cyrus Thompson Kirkpatrick, welcome to Psych Up Live. Hey, it's great to be here. Okay. So, Cyrus, let's start. I want to ask you, what made you write a book on loving and dating for shy people? You know, I spent some years in kind of the dating coaching world, which has become a pretty big industry now, especially in Los Angeles. And I think, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit before the show, and I think the thing that motivated me the most is that uh, there's been a lot of advice, especially on the Internet, 
and especially geared towards men, um, where it's supposed to help guys kind of get out of their slumps, out of their dry spells, and, you know, out, out meeting people. But it didn't usually take into account when, when somebody is, is, is a bit shy or, you know, ha- has a tendency to be naturally introverted and maybe, you know, needs um, some, you know, some assistance in that area. And instead, a lot of the advice was focused on just going out there, going to nightclubs and approaching strangers and, and trying to get their phone numbers. And mm. I think that can be something that, that's very intimidating. And, you know, I, I, you know, years ago, I began reading all that advice, and it was, it was very intimidating to me, you know, and ultimately some of that was beneficial, but, you know, I, I spent a long time thinking, you know, there needs to be something out there um, that, that tackles, you know, the... Um, um, the disadvantage some people might have in going up to strangers, and that's sort of how the, the book was made. Terrific. I think there was a needed a needed um, emphasis on this. And one thing I like, and I want to clarify for our listeners, is that early in the book you differentiate between shy people and someone who has more of an introverted personality temperament. And what I love in general is you're inviting people not to label themselves out of the dating game, but you make what I think is an important distinction. A shy person tends to be someone who's anxious about social judgment and who's avoidant of it because they really feel or anticipate rejection. And a person who, and we need, we see so many new books written about it, The Upside of Being an Introvert, Brian Welsh, um, the introvert generally is someone who really doesn't worry about social judgment. They prefer solitary time, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they won't step into a more social environment. But for both groups, I think, and actually for most people dating, your advice really does take some of the pressure off and really help people take a step toward connection and dating with less pressure. So I wondered if maybe we can really get right into some of the strategies and some of the advice that you share if I'm someone who's been somewhat avoidant of the dating scene, because literally, I, I, I don't even know if I could go to a club. I don't know what I would say to someone. I don't look like a movie star. I mean, where do I start? Yeah, you know, um, well, that's the thing. is I, You hear a lot about club, and I don't know where that came from. If I, if I had to point a finger at anybody, I guess I'd say Hollywood. You know, there, maybe there's an idea that people go to clubs to meet people. Um, you know, in the uh, kind of dating advice genre, people sometimes talk about the difference between a, a, quote, cold approach and a, quote, warm approach, right? So if you're in, like, a nightclub or a busy venue like that and, and you decide to go up and talk to a stranger, then that's, you know, a cold approach, kind of like in sales when you walk up to somebody you don't know and you, you're trying mm. to offer something. Now, that's a, that's a high-pressure type of thing, and it's not really something, in my opinion, that just anybody can, like, jump into and, you know, and, and, and use that as a strategy. Um, by contrast, you know, you can, you can do uh, a warm approach, which means you already know the person. Like, let's say, you're at a, let's say you're at a mixer and everybody has something in common, right? You know, so I don't know what, you know, let's say your industry is, like, graphic design and you're at a graphic design mixer and, you know, it, it's very, very easy to talk to anybody because you all share that commonality. Now, you don't want to go up and talk to somebody and just go on and on and on about graphic design if, you, if you're trying to meet, meet people on, like a, on a personal level. But, but the point is, it, it, takes the, it takes the edge out if, if there's a commonality. I mean, that's just one example. I think that there's, um, 
especially on, on websites that are centered around meeting people. I'm thinking websites like meetup.com. There are a lot of opportunities where you can go out and, and do social activities with people. And there's kind of like this unspoken thing that a lot of people go to those events because they want to meet people. There's a lot of singles as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, a hiking group is a, is a great example. I mean, you, you don't have to be stressed out approaching somebody because you guys are, you know, you, you're, you're about to go on a hike together. I mean, it's expected you guys can mingle. So yes. that's a good place to start, I think. Well, I like the way you, in your book, you talk about the context could be the icebreaker. And I think it's such a good point that if we already, if we're hiking, I, I'm not in such a vulnerable position because we're both going to speak about how slippery it is or when do we get a break and just its connection without the pressure. So I, I really think that kind of venue, and I think you, you gave examples like a home, a party at someone's home. Um, and then when you, you mention in terms of conversations, wherever it would be, to really feel comfortable um, talking about something in general. So if you were at a party, you could speak about, you know, whether or not you're friends with the host and there are other things to talk about. Um, you, you, you begin the book by saying that there's certain things, conversation and knowing where and when and what to do with conversation. And I want us to go back to that. But you talk about conversation, energy, dethroning people, and providing happiness as key points. I wondered if you could speak to some of those. Yeah, of course. So, well, um, first of all, you know, when it comes to uh, conversation, talking to somebody, um, there's a few things you, you know, there's a few kind of areas that, that you should focus on. I always say, you know, focus more on them and or observational types of dialogue. So an example is like you don't want to talk about like obvious, just like mindless small talk because the goal is to make a, the goal is to make an impression. The goal is to show off your individuality. So if, if you're talking about your work, if you're talking about like the weather or if, you know, some, some mundane topic like that, there's nowhere for it to go. You know, if, if you want <laughs> to like, kind of solidify the moment with somebody, a good example might be to talk about something that's happening around you, you know? Maybe you're at a party, and maybe there's, uh, maybe there's a drunk guy passed out on the floor, you know, and then you have a, you can joke about that with some, no, not that you go to a party like that, but I'm saying as an example, you know, <laughs> it's good. you see yeah. something like that, and then you, and you can be like, you know, that, that's a moment that you get to share with somebody for a while. And uh, that's kind of how connections are made. So, I mean, there's a myth in dating that, you, you know, you go and you sit down and stare at each other, chew like dinner for like half an hour talking about, you know, the, each other, talking about your work and all these boring topics, but that's really not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. So um, one thing so you also kind of, said about conversation that I want to add is if you, if you meet someone at a party or you meet someone at a mixer or you're hiking and no matter what you say, it's clear it's not going anywhere I mean, I think your advice is if the conversation ends, let it end. <laughs> Proceed right. in another direction, walk somewhere else in the room, strike up a conversation with someone else, but don't push it. If you're clearly getting verbal and nonverbal cues that this isn't really going. Right, exactly. I mean, uh, a lot of it's nonverbal. There's a lot of body language involved. And that's, in, in, in essence, that's also how, how flirting really um, takes effect with, with, those, with those types of like nonverbal um, so we um, let's see. So they, and in the book, of course, you know, it goes it goes a lot deeper than this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned dethroning, so that that's something else. Um, and this this goes deeper. I mean, we were talking about like on the surface, you know, what do you say, how do you do it, but you know that that's 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 the tip of the iceberg. It goes a lot deeper than that. And because if, right. if you're having difficulty connecting with people, that's when it gets more complex. That's where it goes more into your areas, you know, as a psychiatrist, most likely. But, you know, I, I can dabble in that a little bit as well by, you know, observing the, the sticking points a lot of people have had, the clients of mine have had, et cetera. So mm-hmm. when it comes to, like, uh, taking, them off a, taking them off a throne, taking them off a pedestal, I think some people, you know, this is, you know, one of many areas I talk about. They, you know, they might look at somebody who they find attractive, and then the first thing that comes to their mind is, I'm not worthy of this person. And, you know, I, I've seen this among guy friends, you know, like you know, there's a woman who's very beautiful. They, they automatically think, you know, there's, there's no way that I could possibly date within this league. You know, and the, the funny thing about that is, you know, a lot of other people are thinking the same thing about her, which means no one's talking to her. <laughs> and, it's you know, true. Of, of, of course, you know, the same thing can happen with, um, you know, if you switch the, the genders. Um, right. Uh, you know, so I mean, so that, you know, that's also... Um, it's kind of like one example of, a, of of social programming, you know. Like we 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 may idolize like the the idea of somebody, even without you know having a chance to even talk to them. And I mean, you can even go deeper than that, and you know, look at that as a possible you know if that if that really goes wrong. When you have examples of people who become obsessed about other people, you know, they they become obsessed with, like an idea of that person, like not who that person really is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that's, one, that's, that's one example of that. And these are things I think that, you know, when you, if, if you're attempting to handle this part of your life, like these are things that you end up having to examine and look at. And that's one of the things that I work on is helping people look at those, those aspects. Mm. One of the terms you use, um, Cyrus, is staying positive while detaching from expectations. What do yeah. you mean when you say that? That's, um, that's a, I think, what's one of the most um, important mindsets you can have, you know, with anything with, like, relationships or also business. Um, because, you know, you have, to, um, you, ha- you have to stay committed to a process. So if you have a goal, you know, it, could, it could be dating, it could be business, it could be, it could be all types of things. I mean, you, you have to wake up, you have to work on it, you have, to, you have to do it, you have to practice, you have to, you know, keep swinging that bat. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, a, a major issue that arises is if you become extremely attached to the outcome of something, then it's going to mess up your emotional state. It's going to uh, cause you to feel the pains of a rejection and a lot of other issues. I mean, you know, of course, you know, being overly attached to something, that's the age-old dilemma. I mean, this is basically what, what Buddhism is all about, and you know, that dates back thousands of years. Um, so there, there's really kind of like this balance between, you know, s- practicing something and being committed to something while not pinning your entire worth as a human being on getting to that goal. Well, I so, think I mean, that, is, you know, sorry. that really does, I think that that really does get in people's way if they do go out, even if it was to a house party and they're thinking, I really hate doing these things, so I just hope I meet someone tonight. And so if their goal is really, Cyrus, to meet someone that night, they've already put such an expectation on the night that they can't then just be kind of a free spirit who's just curious about who's there and what's going on. It's so much less pressure once you drop those expectations. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, the person who is a free spirit, that person is not going to be having many difficulties meeting people or finding a romantic interest. Will, will that person? Probably not. Because they're kind of, they're kind of in the moment. And they're, they're just kind of riding the tide, I guess. You know, but if, yeah. you know, if you, um, go into a, um, you know, the same situation and you're very, uh, inwardly focused and you attach to the outcome, you know, it may cause some issues. And this is maybe where you can, uh, tie it back around and, um, look at, look at it from the perspective of, of introversion again. Because an introvert, kind of by definition, is uh, much more inwardly focused, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah. you know, if you are in a social situation and you're still very much in the mindset of um, looking at everything from an inward perspective, like, you know, this person said that, how does that affect me? Then you might have to practice some extrovert qualities to snap out of that a little bit. Mm. And, you know, as we talked about at the beginning, you know, it's not necessarily about, about shyness at that point. It's just about, you know, it's about practicing your um, social muscle a little bit. And, and that's, um, that, that's definitely one way to go about it. Okay, we're going we're gonna to have to take a brief break, but um, let's come back and talk a little bit about exercising that more social muscle because sometimes people just need a bridge out of their own head in order to kind of you know, desensitized to socializing. You've been sure. listening to Psych... Okay, you've been, we're going to take a brief break. You're listening to Psych Up Live, and we're speaking to Cyrus Thompson Kirkpatrick about love and dating for shy people. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips 
at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're talking with Cyrus Thompson Kirkpatrick, the author of Dating for Shy People. So, Cyrus, we were talking about dropping the expectations, sort of developing some skills for the social scene. What do you think is important in terms of uh, dropping the expectations? What could help us? I think this is something that, you know, a little bit of a secret that I think would help somebody's social skills immensely. And it's entirely a mindset change. So maybe I'll give you a quick example. Let's say you're at a party and you meet somebody who has a lot of expectations about their meeting with you, right? So maybe, maybe there's a, you know, maybe you're at a party, some, a guy wants your phone number or something, and you're talking to this guy, and you can just tell, like, this is, this is his motivation, this is what he wants, and everything he says has that feeling underneath it. It's like, you know, he wants to acquire this thing from you. Um, and, of course, it's going to also happen, you know, if, if you switch genders as well. So what I will teach somebody is, you know, change your expectation so that all you, all you desire is to bring a bit of fun, a bit of happiness to the moment. That's it. Like, don't, don't try to get anything from anybody. So, if, I mean, if, if you can, you know, make somebody laugh, if you can... Uh, make somebody's night a little bit more fun, then you're adding value to the situation, right? Mm. So, yep. uh, you know, the, the opposite of that would be siphoning value from the situation, which is what will actually create the impression like you're awkward to be around or you have poor social skills. So if, if your only motivation is to just make, make the situation more fun, make things more positive, make things more happy, what's going to happen is you, you will actually magnetize people to you. Mm-hmm. And this is something, you know, that, uh, I, mean, I mean, anybody can practice this. It, it's just changing your mindset. You'll well, like, what would be an example, excuse me, what would be an example, Cyrus, of, you know, making it more fun or, um, in, you know, inviting people to be more, you know, relaxed with me? What, what type of things might I do? Well, let's say, um, you know, to, to again use the kind of cliche example of a, um, of, of a party, right? So let's say that there's um, yeah, a few people, you know, talking to each other in a group, and they're kind of involved in their own life thing, and then maybe you see a couple of people there who you, you, you want to meet. Instead of barging into the group and, um, you know, uh, trying to get their attention, their approval, you could walk up to them and I'm not suggesting that you empty your wallet on strangers, but let, let's say that, you know, you, 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 you buy a round of shots, buy a round of drinks, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, you come in a little bit high energy, like, hey, how's the party going? Is everybody having a great time tonight? Awesome. And, you know, you, you talk kind of briefly, and then maybe you do your own thing, and then, then, you, then you walk back to them. And you're not, mm-hmm. like, hanging on to them or clinging on to them, but you, uh, you, you came in and you kind of, you kind of uh, increased the mood made them have a little bit more fun. Maybe you, maybe you made them smile, laugh. And, mm. you know, if they want to talk to you and bring you into their circle, that's awesome. And then, you know, you'll, you'll be able to integrate very easily after that. That's true. Um, that, I mean, that's one example. I mean, I mean it's, you know, there's definitely other ways that this can happen. It's a, kind of a, it's a subtle thing, too. I mean, it's about your energy levels. It's about, like, what, what you're thinking inside, how that's projecting out to the people around you. 
I I can picture someone doing that, and I think you would. You sound so sort of natural. No one's pre- under pressure, and you're not putting yourself under pressure. So I'll put us on pressure for a minute and say. So if someone said to you, if a young man said to you, so so man at these things, I really have the conversation down. You know, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good now. But I don't really know how to ever move it to a relationship. How do I get? Without feeling pushy, how do I get someone's number? How does she know I'm romantically interested in her? I mean, I'm tired of being friends with women. I, I'm really looking for something more. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, up to this point, we've talked a little bit about the, the social situation, the party, meeting people out, you know, out and about. Maybe it's a group. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a uh, cocktail party or a mixer or whatnot. But, you know, in the book especially, I go more into, like, like the, the um, dynamic of dating itself, which is different, right? So, you know, doing what we've talked about so far is an excellent way to, like, get those contacts, get, get the phone numbers or the, the, the Facebooks or whatnot of people you meet. After that, you know, when you're arranging to meet with somebody one-on-one, um, this is where it gets um, a, little bit, a little bit more um, involved because you... you if you're a single person, you want to take things to, you know, a romantic level. There are certain steps you have to take, right? And so, like, what's the main thing that people complain about these days, especially people who are, like, younger and in the dating scene? And that's the, uh, what people commonly call the friend zone. So mm-hmm. you, you meet somebody and, you know, you might be crushing on them a little bit, and you you kind of work up the courage to be like, hey, let's uh, hang out on Friday or we'll grab a bite to eat. You know, we'll you know we'll uh, go walk my dog together. You know, I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter really what the date is, and this mm-hmm. is something I talk about as well. I mean, the, the the purpose is just to have a chance to get to know somebody in a uh, on a on a one on one basis, and right. you know, any activity that that helps with that is awesome. But the, the, the point is just to build that connection, right? So, you know, so once you're on a, quote, date, and, you know, whether or not, you know, it, it dating even exists like people think it does is arguable because, you know, it's not about going to dinner or doing this courtship process. It's about, you know, how you build a connection. So mm-hmm. when you finally get to that point, um, you know, if, if you want to actually take things to a romantic level, then the, the onus is really on either party to make a move. And traditionally, you know, because of our society, because of our culture, it's kind of more on, on the man's role to be the one to make the move. Just like it's kind of more the man's role to, to ask the person out. I'm not saying that this is right or it should always be this way or it right. has to be this way. But generally speaking, there's a little bit more pressure on the guy. I encourage women to, you know, also break that mold you know, and be the one to ask out, be the one to make a move. And let me tell you something, you know, guys really love it when a <laughs> yes. girl steps up a little bit like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's much appreciated because a lot of times, you know, as we kind of have the, you know, the weight of the world on our shoulders and we have to, like, you know, uh, do the whole courtship thing. But anyway, back, um, so, so back to the date. You have to, at some point, make a move. And I define this as going for a kiss because, you know, up till that point, uh, the dynamic is very nebulous, and it can very easily 
switch to a to a um, a nebulous platonic friendship type situation. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. once 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 you guys have kissed, or uh, you know, so, so, sorry to be explicit, once you guys have made out, then you then you're in. You immediately there, there's no questions asked. I mean, this is going in that direction. This is a this is a romantic thing. Uh, this is an intimate thing, and it's you know you guys are now far past you know the the, the friendship territory. So most mm-hmm. people who complain about um, you know things not leading romantically, like I'll ask, so are you making a move? You know, are you going for a kiss? And most of the time they say no. And if right. I ask why, why are you not? And usually they'll say, well, I'm, I'm too afraid. Right, right. I've heard the same exact thing. I've heard people say, I don't really know how she feels about me. We've gone out a lot. I've sent her flowers. She says maybe she's putting pressure on me. I don't know if that means good or bad. And when I've said, well, have you kissed her? And the person says, oh, no, because I, what if she doesn't want to kiss me? We're in no man's land for a very long time then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, that's, um, you know, like, like I say in the book, I mean, um, a kiss is a really powerful tool because what it does is it reveals what's unseen in the dynamic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's what the, the interesting thing when two people communicate is that there's what's on the, there's what's on the surface and there's what's on the inside. So two people might be having a cordial exchange, but on the inside, one of them might be like, I can't stand this guy. Mm. But like that doesn't come out because we're trying to be polite, you know, upstanding members of society. So we're, you know, so we're not, we're not showing what's on the inside. So if on that date, you know, the guy goes in and, and goes for a kiss and she rejects him really badly. Now, like what's on the inside has just been revealed on the outside. Yes. Now you can you can spin that around. Let's say two people are hanging out with each other, and she is secretly crushing on him, but she's like has way more social anxiety than he does. She has no idea how to express that. He goes in for the kiss, and suddenly, like all that anxiety goes away, and maybe you know, maybe you know, she'll be making out with him, and she'll be going crazy over him, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's you know, it's the, you know, kind of like the famous moment when two people like you know have have really hit it off. So it can be a really magical thing when that happens, but there's also the risk of uh, rejection. Now, the funny thing is about that is that in my experience, you know, in my own life, really, you know, trying to get a handle on this uh, dynamic, because, I mean, I used to be, you know, terrified of going for the kids. I I would say, I'm I'm 29 now, but probably all through college, I was Mm -hmm. mortified because it really is, like, like a friend of mine said, it's kind of like jumping out of an airplane. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you, you, you just have to do it. And, you know, it, it, it's terrifying the first times that you do it. But that fear goes away when you begin to find out that most people appreciate, you know, kind of like that openness and directness. And mm-hmm. I came to find that, like, if I was out with a girl and if I was interested in her and I made a point just to, you know, jump out of that airplane, go for the kiss, and if she kind of politely, like, gives me the cheek, which is pretty much the harshest rejection you'll get, is that she'll, like, turn her face to the side, and, you know, mm-hmm. and then she'll kind of deflect it, and you'll end up, like, kissing, like, like her upper, like, uh, cheekbone or something. <laughs> right. Um, you know, after that, a lot of times, like, they will, um, not only will they not be offended by it, they will, you know, in some ways be, be happy that, that you're not the kind of person who bottles up all their feelings 
and, you know, you're able to communicate what it is that you want. And it has happened to me that, you know, I've been on a date and, you know, I've gone for a kiss and then she's rejected me. And then like an hour later, like she's grabbing me and kissing me, you know, I mean, that, that's happened to me a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So, so you're saying you know, it's, it's, I, I, go ahead. Uh, oh yeah. So I guess what I would say is like, you know, if, um, you know, for the guy, but I would say this to a girl as well. I mean, if you're on a date, you have to make a move uh, or else it's not going to go anywhere unless right. you don't like the person. If you're not attracted, let's, then, you know, let it fizzle out. But if you are attracted, then, you know, you have to find a moment to, you know, go, go for that kiss. Well, I like the way, Cyrus, you say it really takes it to a level where you're communicating in a more emotional way about romance with the person. And the risk is worth it because, and you, you, you can be, it can be, you know, a very nice kiss or it can be lecherous in some way that would turn most women off or anyone off. But in some ways, unless you're willing to risk the rejection at that point, you, you'll never actually know. And you say really, I think a few times in the book, Part of this process is getting yourself comfortable with the rejection that might happen at times. But if you've lived through not only the kiss, the rejection, the kiss, the acceptance, it stops being the end of the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I think before when you gave the example and you talk, I, I love some aspects of what you make so clear in the book, which is a woman who doesn't really kiss you back, but her nonverbal cues are very accepting, might, as you say, just be someone who's somewhat shy, but actually may not kiss you back, but grabs your hand, or in some way shows in nonverbal ways, she's not turned off, she's just a bit cautious. If you're attuned to that nonverbal communication, you also are less likely to be connecting to the wrong person. Yeah. I think yeah, the eye-to-eye so, yeah. Yeah, eye communication is really big. Yeah, eye-to-eye. I mean, there's, there's actually many ways um, that somebody can be signaling that, that they're interested in you. And I think some of these are conscious. Some of these are unconscious. Maybe some of these even have like an evolutionary aspect. I mean, I mm-hmm. know some people in the dating community used to theorize that, um, you know, when a girl plays with her hair, it's because she wants, like, another male ape to come and groom her. I, mean, I don't know. That seems kind of pseudoscientific to me, so I don't know if I necessarily buy that. <laughs> but, you know, I she mean, just there's, might be um, nervous. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of ways that, um, you know, you can, you can be attuned to people's body language. And I think, you know, if, um, you know, on the perspective of, of a woman, you know, the the um, signal that a man is interested is that he's talking to you, right? Okay. And I, I, mean, I, I mean, it's not quite that simple, but like, I mean, if you're at a party and a guy like, like walks straight up to you and it's like, hey, how's your night going? I mean, like nine times out of ten, I mean, he's, he, he likes you. So, right. he, so it's, it's, it's a bit direct like that. But, but for um, with, with a woman, if she likes a man, a lot of that uh, is about... Um, kind of the indirect um, way that what, it has to do like the way she's looking at you. Is she maintaining eye contact? Is she licking her lips? Is she, um, is she leaning close to you when she talks? Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is she, uh, I mean, a, a really obvious one that a lot of guys are completely clueless about is if she hands you her drink. And this is kind of funny because like I'll, I'll see like a girl like 
hand a guy her her vodka and cranberry, like, hey, what do you want to sip? And he's like, duh, okay. And he sips it and hands it back to her. But he doesn't realize that actually what she's saying is, can you kiss me? Wow. Um, We're going to have to take a break, but wow, I think that's a really good message to send out because I'm not sure either party knows that enough, and maybe that's a really good relationship icebreaker. Um, You've been listening to Psych Up Live on the Variety Station of Voice America, and we're talking with Cyrus Thompson Kirkpatrick, who's giving us some really specific insight and strategies for dating for shy people, but I think it's really for anyone dating. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. I'm here with Cyrus Thompson Kirkpatrick. He's a lifestyle coach and the author of Love and Dating for Shy People, Hard-Hitting Advice. And he's been really giving us some hard-hitting advice. Cyrus, I know one very interesting section of your book has to do with online dating. And I guess if you're shy, and I've heard people kind of torn, so they've thought, hmm, that would be a good way to meet. I I wouldn't have to go anywhere. On the other hand, oh, my God. I don't know who I'm going to meet on the other end and who will click on my picture. And so I know you deal with the pros and cons of this online dating. What do you think? Well, I think I'm pretty honest in the book when I say, um, I don't know if I directly say this, but I, I do show that the cons can outweigh the pros with online dating. I suggest if somebody is shy, that is, they, they have a bit of issues uh, mingling with people, don't don't take the easy path and just go on like Tinder and swipe left all day. 
I, I think, um, you know, you really should go out and push your comfort zone and, and meet people because when you do it in person, like, there, there isn't, like, some kind of expectation that gets set up. And that's the big con with online dating is that people go into it with big expectations about who is on the other side, right? And this has happened to me numerous times, and it, it gets a bit, bit ridiculous because, like, even if I, 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 even if I try to put in the most honest profile photo I can, I think, like, a lot of women sometimes have the expectation, like, oh, I bet, I'll bet he's going to be this Prince Charming guy who's, like, you know, is, like, tall, dark, handsome, even though I'm clearly not, and he's going to sweep me off my feet, and then they, they, they kind of carry that with them, and, you know, the same thing can happen in, in, in reverse, Mm. And, you know, and then there's also issues between, like, um, the different sexes, right? So um, men have this issue where they make a profile online and they get no attention at all. And I don't know, you know, there's, there's some weird cultural reasons for why this is. Like, in my book, I did an experiment, a male profile I made. It was, like, really kind of a charming guy, a nice stocky image of a handsome guy. And he got, like, one message a month. And then the, the female profile I made, she's not a beauty queen. She's just kind of like average, charismatic girl, you know, like upper 20s. And she got like 140 messages in one month, right? So, you know, the women have to like, you know, deal with this whack-a-mole game where you get getting sent messages every single day and they don't even know who to pick or what to do. And then for the guys, they're getting no attention at all. So, you know, that can be really frustrating on both sides. And, um, you know, that, that's definitely a bit of a bit of an issue with online dating. Uh, I One mean, the, thing... the pros are that, you know, you can, I think there's probably more pros if you're a woman because you can just kind of randomly pick some, like, okay, Chad, he looks cool. And you can, you know, you'll, you'll at least have a date, but, um, you know, uh, you know, you can kind of set it on autopilot. So you have profiles working for you and you can maybe get out and meet people this way. And every now and then, you know, you, uh, at least, you know, your dating life won't be non-existent at that point. But mm-hmm. if possible, I, I do suggest to do it the old-fashioned way a little bit. You know, go out and meet people in person. And that way there's no expectations or nonsense you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that's kind of my, my, my feelings in a nutshell about that. You know, one thing that I've said to people is, if you're going to use it, why not use it to see um, what different people are like? Because very often the studies have shown what we list as the pe- the characteristics we're looking for, and everyone's looking for, as you say, tall, dark, handsome, making a lot of money. Either way, uh, it's not really what often uh, trips your attention and gets you to be in love with someone. So the one thing you're, I think you say in the book, and I advise people is as quickly if you do start to chat. Don't keep it online. Don't don't spend days and weeks with text messages because you don't really know if it's a virtual personality you're dealing with on the other end or a person. So as quickly as you could have that cup of coffee, knowing you don't have to stay for uh, the whole thing if you really don't want to, um, make it real as quickly as you can because just what you're saying is true. You really want to be face-to-face with someone. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And, you know, real quick, you touched on something I talked about in the book, which I call the 10% disease. And this also comes to the surface of online dating and regular dating as well. You know, people want the, the 10 percentile of dating. I call it competitive dating. 
you know, they want, like, a guy wants the hottest girl possible. The the girl wants the guy who is, like, I, you know, the, the, the sixes, you know, six-figure income, six-pack abs, six <laughs> feet tall. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that joke came out of Sex in the City. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people watch that. And, you know, I mean, this, this is probably the worst mindset that you can possibly have. Um, I've, I've known people of all ages who are just stuck in that. And um, it, it really, like, you know, it causes problems with almost everybody they meet. Like, like I know a guy will come back and be like, oh, oh, her, her feet were too large. You know, it's like, really, buddy? Is, mm. this, is this how you're <laughs> yeah. thinking? And, yeah, the online can also uh, kind of um, intensify that as well. I mean, that's definitely a negative mindset. Now, one thing that you've done with your life, and you write about it in your, your other, one of your other books, which is How to Quit Your Job, Escape Soul-Crushing Work, Create the Life You Want, Live Happy, is to really invite people, if they can, and I know you, you're very cautious about people thinking, considering their responsibility, but maybe they can still make some changes, and that is the connection between lifestyle and happiness. So I, I want to ask if you think there's a connection between lifestyle, happiness, and comfort in dating and meeting. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's a big factor. Um, like with, with my other books, I, I talk about, I mean, I was thinking a little bit like what, what is the essence of what my other books talk about, and I think what it but I can really boil it down to is that um, there's value in things besides just the monetary value. So like how much is something worth to you based on what it's adding to your lifestyle? So, you know, if um, like I, I just got back from traveling the world in 2015, I spent about 11 months abroad and I'm working on my laptop the whole time. So like I'm only, I'm only pulling in, you know, yeah, maybe like a couple of grand a month or less. You know, living in LA, I mean that that's not very much. Like somebody mm. might kind of snicker at that, but yet you know, making like fifteen hundred dollars a month, just you know, doing my own thing on my laptop and going from hostel to hostel, I'm having an amazing time traveling the world, meeting people, and doing anything I want. So to me, that's actually much much higher in value, right? And I think if you can kind of, you know, if, if you can. uh really kind of internalize some of these concepts and make your lifestyle into something that's happy. That, that, no, 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 I don't want to say happy. That's too broad of a term. I mean, if you, if you create your li- lifestyle that's congruent to who you are and, and, and what you want in life, I, I think when it comes to dating, that, that does have a big effect um, because so. people will feel like they want to be part of that. People will kind of feel that, I don't want to use like, you know, uh, uh, terminology that that sounds kind of like uh, undefined, but it's like kind of like you are, I guess. You know, you have this mm-hmm. feeling that you generate, and people kind of want to get caught up in that. And so that definitely, definitely can have an effect. And I think it has even more of an effect when it comes to like how wh- how women think of men. And you know, I, the, there is some of these um, preconceived ideas or gender roles or whatnot that are still in society, and one of them involves. Like, does the guy have his stuff together? You know, does he have a good career? Does, does she know where her man is going with his life? Because, I mean, there's a lot of, like, high-quality women, especially, who will not date a guy if he doesn't have a direction. Even if he has a job, but he doesn't like his job, he has no direction, she, she will feel, in my experience, from people I've talked to, she, she will feel uh, a bit turned off by that. So, I mean, you better believe it has a big effect. Well, you might say, and I have... I've heard men say they're really not interested in having the life and then just 
uh, inviting someone to live their life through them, that they also are interested in people who see their life as having value. And I think you make a good point in terms of whether I'm a uh, research biologist or whether I am a um, a um, forest firefighter, if I really love what I do, that kind of happiness and, and meaningful life is very contagious and attractive. People who are into life for something that means something to them, whether it's the Peace Corps or Wall Street, that comes across. Authenticity comes across, and that's attractive. I mean, you may attract different people, but I think... I might doubt that. I mean, have women stopped talking to you because you you decided to travel the world and don't make a gigantic income, Cyrus? Yeah, I mean, uh, no, I, th- I think you made a really good point. You know, um, you know, it, it it is contagious in a way, and and I think that really helps with, especially when you're first, uh, kind of like keeping the conversational threads going and. You know, when you begin to feel excited, I mean, you don't want to talk about your work all the time, mm-hmm. but if you can kind of like convey that message that, you know, you are really, you know, excited about the things that you do, then you'll feel excited to be around the person. Like, um, by contrast, if, if, if your lifestyle is something that you, you feel fed up with, then, then, then that's going to have a negative effect. It's going to make people feel like they, like, like you're going to feel like, hey, my life has enough problems already. You know, if I hang around this person all the time, I'm going That's to be, right. you know, you know, I'm going to be kind of like in the same mode as as he or she is, which is like, you know, complaining about my job at wherever it might be and, you know, et cetera. And, you know, I mean, I, in my experience, most people have issues with how they work and their lifestyle. Well, so, when you, before when you sorry. said, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, go on. I was going to say that I like that you said, you don't necessarily want to talk about work. And you're so right in that it's not always the job that makes a person very, very vibrant or very exciting. It's how they take on life. And, you know, most of us are multidimensional. We may do different types of work, but maybe we, we're most vibrant about surfing or we're most vibrant about um, dancing or whatever it is. It's, it's how you live your life that makes you attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think it goes um, both ways. The The thing that you say in the book about if you're looking for someone to give you a life, that neediness is going to come across. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's, yeah, that's right. I mean, if you, um, if you, uh, you know, if, if, if I think that there's a reason why, like, let's, let's say a, a classy woman who has her life together is going to want a guy who also has his life together. Because you want to come at this on kind of like on, on two equal equal le- level playing field, right? So, like as a guy, if I if I have my lifestyle really, um, you know, really figured out, it's a big big mistake for me to go into a relationship with a woman whose lifestyle is like in the pits. Because mm-hmm. at best, she's going to kind of like latch onto my lifestyle, and that, that actually might work in the sense that you know, if she's like really supportive and smart and. I really want to bring her in and be like, this is my mm-hmm. business. This is, right. These are the things I do. Or it could go horribly wrong and she might become parasitic. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think anybody who's been in a few relationships is going to maybe use the logical side of the brain, you know, when they're meeting somebody and, and realize, hey, if I, um, if I take this 
you know, if I progress this forward with this type of person, it, it could maybe put my lifestyle at risk because, you know, their negative lifestyle might pull me down with it. Mm. Let me do this because I don't want us to run out of time. So you've given so many different um, strategies and, and perspectives to take. Cyrus, if you were going to give our listeners a take-home message about dating, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, a, that's a big question, I guess, you know. Um, I think when it comes to a take-home message, um, maybe this applies to both books, I would say developing as a person is more valuable than most jobs or other things you can be doing with your time, right? So if that means traveling, do it. You know, if it means working out, losing weight, do it. If it means getting your romantic life figured out, do it. Um, you know, if, if you think that you're going to develop as a person and then be able to attract, like, higher quality romantic interests by working your office job or watching Netflix, you know, it, it's not going to work that way. I mean, this is, this is something that you have to really focus on and, you know, the, the benefits uh, are, um, you know, multiple. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to have to cut you there, but I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm sure our listeners were writing some of your advice down. I want to thank our listeners, and I want to remind you that this show by tomorrow will be a podcast, and any show you missed will be a podcast on my host site, on my website, on iTunes, on Sketcher, under Psych Up Live as a podcast. Um, please join us next week. We're going to be talking about men's voices and the power that they have in terms of preventing sexual violence. Um, if you want to send me a comment, please do at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Tweet me at Healing for Couples. Mostly, thanks again for listening. Until next week, please take care, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk more next week.